0: soul condemned by shame Your mercy calling out your name. His blood can cleanse your every stain. Bring your failures to the cross.
1: Hello and welcome again to the community Bible Church podcast where we are doing a chapter by chapter weekly discussion of the book Gentle and lowly. The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. My name is Matt Owen. I'm the lead pastor at Community Bible Church of Orange Park, and I'm joined today, as always, by Joseph Brader, pastor of worship and discipleship here at CBC. Joseph, how are you? I'm great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. Is there anything you want to banter about today?
0: Banter? I don't. We've. I think we've bantered enough oh. pre-podcast <laughs> off mic. <laughs>
1: What is, uh, what's suitable banter for uh, publication in the podcast?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We could banter about your scooter a little bit, because now... We could
1: banter about my scooter.
0: Um, You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, you promised that we wouldn't talk about the scooter anymore, and I said, I don't think we should make that promise, because Mm -hmm. we're definitely talking about it after you get it. So we can promise not to talk about it for like a week, but here we are a few weeks out, and we're going to talk about the scooter.
1: Yes, okay, well... (laughs) uh i as i do have it yep and um so i am beating these gas prices yeah and i paid
0: 440 for gas this morning so Thanks. well done
1: some would say I, not only am i beating gas prices but i look good doing it mm. while i ride the scooter what What would your opinion be I that? Would... is it cool you know, it for an adult I have to ride to, a kick
0: scooter I have to say I stand <laughs> I stand very corrected because it is actually pretty awesome you roll in and you look pretty good and I got to try it and now I now I actually wish I could get one and drive it up 17
1: yeah that would take like four hours but I can't take, yeah
0: take, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I would cause several accidents but it's pretty amazing
1: yeah well good well you know what you're a friend of mine you can ride it whenever you want oh, I appreciate that uh, today speaking of friendship oh my goodness what a sec! did you plan that i did not well done (laughs) um but the title of this chapter is a tender friend and it is all about uh, the friendship that we have in jesus and you know you and i have talked about this a little bit and i've been thinking about friendship a lot and just how missing friendship is in our uh our culture people are I don't know if I'm just seeing it because I'm thinking about it, but people are writing about it. I read like mm-hmm. a whole magazine where that was the cover story. And then the Gospel Coalition put out a a piece by Alan Noble about, uh, it's called Friendship and Belonging in Middle Age. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it talks about the difficulty of, of people having the dead zone of friendship between 35 and 50, which you're not in the dead zone. I'm not of.
0: there. I was just going to ask. I haven't read the article yet. Um, and so I was going to ask when middle age starts and where I fit into that, but no,
1: um, I'm not so, in the dead zone yet. So I'm there. <laughs> <You're>, yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm firmly planted in the middle of middle age. Yeah. If it's thirty five to fifty, do you feel that? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And it's a weird thing because you my my life. It's not that I don't have. It's not that I don't have friends. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're one of my best friends, but. I do think at least you go from a time in college where you've got all these friendships yeah. and, uh, and then you move forward and it's like all of a sudden, you know, you look around and you're like, wait a minute, this, this is all gone. Yeah. And one of the things the Noble talks about in that, in that article, or he, he talks about three essential conditions for meaningful friendships, which are time, proximity, and priorities. Hmm. And saying we basically don't have, we think we don't have time. We're not close to each other. Yeah. And we have difficulty making it a priority because we've got other things that we think are important. Rel- sure. We don't think we need relationships. We yeah. Don- we think we don't need friendships. And I'm going, I know I'm going on and on about this and getting kind of far afield, but it is interesting that we, we are approaching, I guess, I guess here's where I'm going with this we are approaching. A chapter like a tender friend mm-hmm. without a category often for why that what that would feel like mm-hmm. yeah or what it's like and why it even matters because so many of us don't have many or even any real close friendships mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about friendships and and Jesus as a friend there's lots of things that we could talk about here but one of the things he points out, and that the the New Testament points out, the Gospels point out, is that Jesus is called a friend of sinners. And uh, the question I want to ask is, is is basically why do you think people considered him a friend? Sinners considered him a friend, particularly if he's perfect, <laughs> because. <laughs> You know, we've all been around people that are like really good, and they make us feel bad about ourselves and yeah. so dislike them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you know, you multiply that by a thousand. You know, Jesus is sure. perfection, mm-hmm. and it, it's not just that he's around imperfect people, but that he's around people that are you know wholeheartedly pursuing. Like himself, some of the oh, worst of the disliked. worst. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think Jesus? Or why do you think people felt comfortable around him? Yeah.
0: Well, part of it is. Actually, probably related to his perfection, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't have any of the um, arrogance, I guess, that starts to creep in into any human relationship, where one person um, feels that, whether it's it's true or not, um, feels that maybe they're better than the, mm-hmm. than the other person. So, so he, he, you know, there was nothing negative or, or, or like sinfully proud mm-hmm. or arrogant on his part. Mm-hmm. And You can feel that, yeah. but I think just really tangibly like we we can understand when we're wanted jesus wanted to be with these people Mm -hmm. and they can feel wanted by jesus they can feel welcomed right jesus is coming to judge but he didn't come to judge that time right Mm -hmm. like he came to invite and welcome the if you refuse his invitation to the gospel you receive judgment but um like he didn't come in here judging Mm -hmm. He came welcoming and inviting people to find grace and uh, and mercy and joy and relationship mm. in him and with him. So I think uh, I think people are comfortable when they feel safe mm. and welcomed and not judged.
1: Mm. That's interesting that you basically turned turned it around. The the thing that we would think would make people uncomfortable around mm-hmm. Jesus, his perfection, is actually the thing that that made him made people feel comfortable around him Mm. because and you're right you know the the most harsh you know jesus has some harsh things to say Mm -hmm. but those harsh things are almost always to the people who think they're righteous
0: right yeah yeah Yeah. the people who know they're messed up he says come on let's clean up
1: (laughs) so there's a lesson for us here this is a little bit of an aside but Mm -hmm. there's a lesson for us in our presence with with lost people definitely um that it's possible for us to, to have a presence that's enjoyed without giving up our witness. Yeah. Both of those things can happen at the same time.
0: Right. And maybe maybe not just can happen, but should happen. Should, it? I mean, yeah. that's, that's like the Christ-like ideal for how we're supposed to relate to, to lost
1: people. Right. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a, a, an aside, but one of the things that um, Ortland says that's very encouraging, uh, he says that in Jesus Christ, we are given a friend who will always... And enjoy rather than refuse our presence, do you have a hard time believing that? If so, why? Why do you think other people might have a hard time believing that?
0: Yeah, uh, I think I do. I think most of us probably do, for a variety of reasons. Um, one is that's ju- that's just not our experience, right? Uh, even the people that I love the most, or the people who love me the most, sometimes we uh, we we'd rather refuse their presence Mm -hmm. rather than enjoy their presence Mm -hmm. I mean it's just that's human nature we have limited capacity we're tired we're peopled out we're mad at them or they're mad at us or who knows right there's all kinds of things that uh, are born out of our limitations that cause us to not experience that in any of our earthly relationships Mm -hmm. even the very best ones so I think you know once we've talked about this several times before but we always, because we only can do this, I suppose, project our own experiences. At least to some degree, we understand things through the lens that we have seen them and experienced them. So it's hard for us to believe that Jesus always enjoys our presence and doesn't refuse our presence because we aren't like that to anyone and no one else is like Mm -hmm. that to us all Mm -hmm. the time. But it's hard for me to believe that because uh, I, I... I never feel like really calm comp- I'm always nervous that someone is not going to want to be around me today, mm-hmm. even if they have yesterday and for the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Mm. Like um, somebody
1: may not want to re- feel like recording a podcast so, with you. Or, right. Or we might have
0: recorded 11 already. But today, <laughs> when they get here to do the 12, yeah. it's it's done.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can.
1: <laughs> I think we've probably all had the experience where – we are surprised and honored that someone wants to spend time with us sure Mm -hmm. that we would get a call from somebody that would voluntarily say like i want to do this thing with you yeah um and i I think i don't think i have trouble believing the part about christ not refusing my presence okay uh it's the enjoying the presence Mm. that i find difficult Right, instead uh, of like just tolerating right, or something. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many things that that Jesus says to his immediate disciples that you know where, where I am, you may be also. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That he's, you know, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm gonna come for you, mm-hmm. and I want you to have. I want that you to have my joy in you. So you know that whole stretch of John. Yeah. In in John's gospel. If we're if we read it with you know open eyes, kind of actually leads us to believe that Jesus not only tolerates my presence, but because of what he's done for me, actually enjoys. Yeah, would enjoy being around me. Hmm. That's a game changing way of viewing your relationship with Christ. Yeah, it absolutely is that probably a lot of us don't have. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I think we'd yeah. all be on the, oh, yeah, Jesus isn't going to re- refuse our presence. Sure. But enjoy it. Uh, let's not get crazy. Right, <laughs> right. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we almost feel presumptive or proud thinking that. Yeah. You that's,
1: know? It's like the people that have you over, like, and like you know it's like an obligatory. Program.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you can come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, that Ortlund says on page 116, he, he says, uh, With a good friend, you don't need to constantly fill in all gaps of silence with words. You can mm-hmm. just be warmly present together, quietly relishing each other's company. And then he quotes Goodwin, who says, Mutual communion is the soul of all true friendship. Mm-hmm. Does the idea of being warmly present... With Christ make you at all uncomfortable? Why or I not?
0: Yeah, uh, I've thought about that and even since we, you know, maybe talked about it in our staff meeting and things. I'm not sure that it does. I think it sounds a little bit elusive, mm-hmm. but I don't think it sounds uncomfortable. It's it's not terribly difficult for me to conceive of um, of relationship with jesus and so no i i don't i don't think as at least as a concept Mm -hmm. it's it's it makes me uncomfortable i think it can feel difficult to grasp what that looks like in practice Mm -hmm. like i said it can feel a a little bit elusive as far as working that out okay well pause on that because okay oh yeah that's that's coming that's the second part of this no you're good question you're right
1: i might be on the side where as i as i think about that the idea of being warmly present might make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking myself why that's the case. And I think part of it is just it's, you know, r- relationally with God, I think a lot of times it's driven in my life by lists of things. To, so in mm-hmm. prayer, sure. prayer is driven by lists. Yeah. So there are a list of things I must do. And so I need to pray for these people on this day this ministry on this day Mm -hmm. and I need to make sure I'm praying for my family and I'm going to make sure I need to make sure I'm confessing sin. And so, and so, you know, I think sometimes my prayer life is just talking at him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Unrolling the list and and talking at him. Reading the Bible can be, there's, there's always a sense of progress. Sure. uh, Because I'm always reading through the Bible in a year. And Mm -hmm. so each day I check off you know, and it's it, it's not just to check it off, but just yeah. there's a sense of okay, I checked off the reading for today. I was reminded of something today. I added this little piece of knowledge that I'd never noticed sure, before. Sure, sure. So everything is that. So just stopping and saying, "What if my prayer wasn't driven by a list all the time? Mm-hmm. What if I was reading the Bible to commune? Yeah, rather than yep. just simply informational intake, just to learn, right? Yeah." Which I, I, you know, it's it's not that those <laughs> things are, are just extreme opposites. No, it does make me uncomfortable because even in even my regular friendships, it's like if we're gonna get together, well, what are we gonna do? Sure. What yeah. What are we gonna talk about? How are we gonna fill the gaps? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a good friend if there can be a gap and you don't feel an obligation to like ask a question, right? Yeah. Something yep. like that.
0: Yeah, those are like the very
1: closest relationships. So now unpause. Yeah. What what might it look like, you know, the the Bible doesn't define this, so we don't have to sure. come up with like an exact definition, but yeah. what is it? What would it look like to just be warmly present in friendship with Christ?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, you're talking about sometimes being driven by lists and by progress, which I think we all can sometimes, but I think it's detaching from some of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For me, Prayer particularly tends to be a lot warmer and richer mm-hmm. when I'm not doing that. Now, part of that is that I just, I hate lists by nature. I'm not, I don't like structure. I, so I'm drawn to that, you know, that side of it. But but there is like this really beautiful communion and relationship, I think, that, t- that takes place when you're praying a little bit more, I, I'm not sure what the word is, loosely or freely, mm-hmm. maybe in one sense, maybe it's just relationally. Mm-hmm and i've found myself sometimes just sort of talking to god about the things that i'm experiencing or about himself and his glory or his word or whatever the things that i'm seeing around me whatever and so i think that's something that's something i want to pursue more of Mm -hmm. i think that's a really practical way to do that i think it's reading the bible and like you're saying maybe asking ourselves more questions about relational kinds of questions Mm -hmm. you know as we read Mm -hmm. not what is this telling me about jesus intellectually so I can win the next debate or answer the next question or teach the next class or Mm -hmm. sermon or what have Mm -hmm. you. But what is this telling me about the Jesus that knows me and loves me and welcomes me and, and apparently loves to be present with Mm -hmm. me as my friend. Mm -hmm. I think we have to almost retune sometimes the way that we're, we're looking at him and the way that we're looking for him Mm -hmm. in the Bible.
1: Yeah, that's good. I can't add anything to that. To that's, that's good. I know we're kind of um, getting past our time. But I just want to ask one other question. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're afraid to think of of Jesus as a friend. Okay. Yep. Like that. Maybe. Like maybe that's out of bounds. Sure. Yeah. Why? Why are, Why <laughs> might? Might we be afraid to do that? <laughs> what is our concern?
0: Yeah, I think we're nervous about losing his greatness and his majesty. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid maybe of losing reverence that's mm-hmm. equally important in understanding and relating to God. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's exactly it. And so maybe to to avoid that, mm-hmm. we just avoid the category of, of Christ as a friend yeah. altogether. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus' followers when he was here, I'm sure modeled what it can look like to respect yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And yet, you know, be with him day in and day out, and share meals with him, and have, you know, they probably had inside jokes. Yeah. I mean, it's just they had a real relationship mm-hmm. with him. Um, thing and things that were running, <laughs> running jokes or yeah, you know, just just stuff that life is all about, especially when you spend time with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I think I guess I'm saying it, I don't think I think if we need to understand and respect his transcendence but not not sacrifice his eminence yeah to make sure we maintain his transcendence yeah yeah um, but to re- receive the gift of friendship that he is because mm-hmm. he's a friend of sinners and that's what we are <laughs> yeah amen um, well we we'll, we better end it there let me finish by reading the verse again verses again from Matthew 11